You're listening to the weekly Joel Klatt segment podcast. Listen to it live every Wednesday between 8 and 8.30 a.m. during the football season. Presented exclusively by Audi Flatirons in Broomfield. Exceeding your experience from the first mile to the last. Joel Klatt joins us for his uh, weekly visit. Lead college football analyst at Fox Sports. And he joins us courtesy of Audi Flatirons. Go ahead there, Mark. Go ahead. Oh, you want me to, you want yeah, me to go? Joel, what, one, man, it's great to have you, Joel. It's always exciting. Oh, boy, pleasure is always on this side of the table. Well, we we appreciate that. <laughs> hey, um, did you watch um, the debacle that was the Broncos-Tennessee game and the uh, just the offensive wizardry of uh, of what they're doing right now? Can't get that three hours of my life back. No. Like, seriously, like, okay, so I always think about this, Joel. The difference between calling plays and calling an offense. The difference between having things like it's like building it's like building a a, a, a house, right? You have to start excavating the dirt. Then you gotta lay down the footings. Then you gotta build the foundation. And and all these things stack one upon another. It's almost like for me, I'm watching them going, okay, we're gonna run Russell's favorite play, and then we're gonna run my favorite play, and then Russell's favorite play, and then my favorite play, and then Russell's favorite and nothing feels like it ever meshes together. There, there doesn't feel like they ever create any building blocks to an offense. Am I taking crazy pills, or do you see some of the same no. stuff? No, I see the same things, and, and sequencing is all off. You know, um, I think that there is a huge misconception out there that that offenses or football teams run plays. You're not, you should never run plays. You don't learn plays. You learn a system, and the system only works if it's being used as a system. And it needs to build off of each other. Um, and it, and it, what it really needs to do is it needs to operate in, in some sort of sequential order so that you can affect the defense, right? So it's, it's not anything other than the fact that you are trying to put defenders in conflict. You're trying to give them things to look at that is, one, either confusing or, or two, hard to react to. So I don't see either of those from Denver. Um, they're not very creative with their structures, number one. Uh, number two, they don't have any commitment to the run game whatsoever. Um, I, I just don't believe that you can be an offense that is, is all that successful at the NFL level if you're not going to get downhill in your run game at some moments. And it's really tough to do that when you're in shotgun, the amount of times that Denver is in shotgun. When you look around the league, what you're starting to see is there was a big transition, I would say about four or five years ago, to majority shotgun throughout the league. And that's that's still somewhat the case, but it's actually lessening a little bit. The percentage is going down a little bit because the importance of being under center and getting downhill in the run game is very important. Why is that important? Well, it's important because of conflict. You've got to put defenders in conflict. And what started to be evident is that it's incredibly difficult to put second and third level players in conflict when your run game is predicated out of the shotgun because they can see what's going on to a far greater degree when you're in the shotgun than when your quarterback is under center. Just this one element is what impacts it so greatly. In the shotgun, the quarterback's back is never to the defense. 
And if you don't turn your back to the defense with tight elbows where they can't see the football and don't know what is coming, then you can't impact them and put them in conflict to the degree necessary to do things like throw play action pass down the field. If you can't threaten down the field, guess what? It's harder on your run game. Everything impacts another in an offensive system. And, and, you know, to your point, I just, when I watch Denver, they just sit there and call plays. And it's like, well, this was our favorite run concept that we like on Tuesday night. Let's call it. But they haven't built into that. Um, they don't get into structures that I feel like give them advantageous numbers. They, they don't make it difficult on the defense to declare strength or change that strength and as far as, like, movement and, and shifting. I just, I don't know. Yeah. I'm getting all worked up because I hate it. Well, I hate watching them. Yeah, I, as do I. And I'm in the same spot as you. I want you to explain, because I've tried to explain it. I probably won't ever do it as eloquently as you do it. But when I see a quarterback slapping his hand and stomping his foot and then a guard looking between his legs and tapping his center on the ass and then the head bob three times and the snap of the ball, and I think to myself, in shotgun, you can never affect a defense and you can't use snap count to your advantage. Talk to me a little bit about snap count and what an important weapon that is and what you've done to just basically minimize it out of shotgun. Yeah, so I think it's it's one of the more underappreciated um, aspects or underutilized aspects. The cadence is your greatest weapon to neutralize um, the pass rush and to make sure that you are getting a little bit of a head start. Um, and in particular on your edges, your offensive tackles. And from shotgun, it's just really hard to do it on the road um, just because of obviously the noise and the sound barrier. When you get into the mechanics of shotgun on the road and there's a sound barrier and there's a silent cadence, everything has to be visual and there's visual cues. The problem is, is that those visual cues are also available for the defense and they start picking up on them and it doesn't matter how many times your center bobs his head or so on and so forth, like they're eventually going to pick up on it. And then it's incredibly difficult for your tackles um, in pass protection. So when you have a a cadence and you you are giving verbal cues and not visual cues, now I'm controlling everything going on as the quarterback. I control when when and where uh, you get to one start and, and two, when you have to, show me the hand that you're holding close to your chest because every single defense is trying to disguise to some degree. Very rarely do you just get like, hey, we're just lined up and we're going to play this defense and go ahead. You're always going to get some sort of movement. You know, there's always one wheel or two wheels and the defense is either collapsing on each other or you're trying to get some um, diagnosis of whether it's man or zone coverage. And so the snap count It's not just on whether you go on one or two, but it's also what you can do to change the play and get them to reveal their cards. You know, the the disguise of the defense can be revealed through things like a dummy color. You know, if I'm using color number, color number, and then set hut, I can do a lot of different things. For instance, and this is what New Orleans used to use quite a bit with Drew Brees, they would go in and on the, the, you know, the first play of the series, you would say like, hey, this, this series... Our dummy color is white or yellow, which means if I start the cadence with white or yellow, then I can say HUD as many, many times as possible. We're not snapping the football. And so it would sound like, you know, Drew would get up there and be like, Yo, Haney! Yo, Haney said, HUD! HUD! 
and right then he gets one player to step. And he all he needs is one step. And all of a sudden, that step revealed the entire disguise that was going on. Now I know your structure because you've got to be structurally sound. You can't just move willy-nilly around the football field. So now I've got your structure. I can either uh, call a different play uh, with my cadence or we now know where we can get targeted. Like, let's say if it's a run concept. So now that we can target our run concept and the count is absolutely accurate, and you're, you're not going to get a free player on us because of the dummy cadence. Now, how do you use the actual on one, on two for sounds to your ability or, or to your advantage? Well, use it to your advantage based on situations. Okay. Let's just say you're backed up inside your own, you know, five, six yard line. Well, the false start's only going to back us up half the distance to the goal. And yet a free five yards is going to give us five full yards away from the goal line. So guess what I'm going to do every single time I'm backed up? I'm giving the hardest cadence I can possibly give. You know? Booty! Booty! We're giving it. Boom! I need to then jump offside. Let's snap the football. Now I can snap the football whether we're, you know, ready for it or not. Because the center, as soon as I find somebody in the neutral zone, I'm snapping it. So what I'm talking about here and what you're alluding to is, is that the cadence is a weapon. The silent cadence is just a way to snap the football. Those are two vastly mm-hmm. different things. My Lord, I got, I got the Vespers right now. <laughs> Holy smokes. Last question. When you watch this offense, I cannot believe that they're running Nathaniel Hackett's office, offense. I think they're running what Russell Wilson wants, what Russell Wilson was promised, and that is in direct conflict with what Nathaniel Hackett wants to do. But Hackett is either too scared, too reluctant, or just hasn't been empowered to tell Russ this is the way it's going to be. Do you think I'm uh, out of bounds or right when I describe the relationship right now between Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson? Um, I think that that's, a, that's an easy way out for a coach that should have responsibility. What you see on film, you're either coaching or allowing, and that both falls on you. If you're the head coach and you're not man enough to run your own stuff when your job's on the line, because I can tell you this right now, if it doesn't change, he's out. And he's probably out Sunday. So it's like, hey, hey, bro, hey, brosif, like, if you want to go down using somebody else's offense, good on you, I guess. But at least in my estimation, like, the buck stops with you. So I don't really care what Russell was promised. I don't really care, you know, anything. Like, if Nathaniel Hackett doesn't run what he's comfortable with and do what he wants to do this week, it's clearly his job is on the line, then then he should be fired. So I, I don't buy that quite as much. I think that that's scapegoating a little bit because if I'm the head coach, that would have changed a long time ago, you know, and and if ownership won't allow it, then I don't want the job anyways. So here's the other part about this. So we can just talk about Russ and Nathaniel Hackett, but if there's some sort of edict from above, And it's like, hey, you've got to run Russ's offense. You know what I would say? Like, all right, you know, like, let's shake hands and let me walk out the door. Because if I can't do what I'm comfortable with and what my identity is and what I know how to do and build and be be the the designer of an offensive system, if that's my M.O. and and I'm being handcuffed, then get me out of here. So, you know, I, I don't. I don't buy it. I'm not going to sit there and, and say, like, oh, woe is me for Nathaniel Hackett. Either buck up or get out. 
Somebody asked a question on the text line. Where is Joel when he's doing all this screaming? God, I hope he's at a local Starbucks. No, no. I'm in my car on on the 405, and I will tell you, like, I'm going to actually roll down because there's this there's a guy on a motorcycle. We're stuck in his drive. I'm I'm on the radio. Yeah. He, all right, brother. Uh, he he looked at me when I was just shouting, and he was like, "What is that?" And then he like pointed at himself, like, "Are you shouting at me?" And I had to like wave him off. Like, no, 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 no. I'm just I'm just giving a hard cadence, man. Don't worry. We're just, uh, you know, we're, we're worry. in a hypothetical backed up situation <laughs> here, right. you know, driving around on the highway. Hey, look, I'm not like yelling at you. I'm, just I'm not going, yelling at you. We're I'm just going hard count. Yeah. I'm just going hard count that's on these right. fools. We're on my own five right I'm now. Just, yeah, that's right. That's right. Don't even, hey, hey, don't don't get me going first down. Oh, no. man, we're going to get them now. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, no motion, no shit. <laughs> Let's go. Woo. Oh, hi, man. We need some I more. We need, wait a minute, time out, time out. We need some more first sound. We just do. We just right, like, one more first sound on the way Just more first sound. All right, here we go. Go ahead. You just come up, and the key is, Mark, is you give the center a nice, firm oh, slap. Hey, yeah. Right on the Let spot. him know you're back there. It's like yeah. foreplay. It's like foreplay. Just let and me, I'll be mean, let you know. And then you just get in there, and it's just, it's just a, a visceral gut sound. That's mm. what first sound is. So you just get in there and, and you can so feel first it's the flat. And you just, Yeah. Just like that. I tell you what, though. And, do and not, hey. And the guards ran off the left. Hey, let, let me and just, then we come, baby, and the tackle's blocking down. And then I'm reversing out to 6 o'clock. I'm going to extend that ball. I'm going to see the mesh made. I'm going to probably pass that finish, baby. And we're running power. And here comes that guard. He's kicking out. And the fullback's leading up there. He's got the Mike linebacker. And bang, we're downhill, baby, on first down. I will say this. <laughs> hey, I will say this, Joel. You got to have soft hands on that hard count. If you go on a, on a hard three, you cannot goose me on two. You can't go, ha with a goose. You got to have soft hands in there because if you goose, that ball's coming on two instead of three. It just is the way it works. Hey, it's a natural reaction. That's, that's why, listen, I, I agree with you. That's why if we go on three, well, first of all, I never go on two because I can't get a, a double sound. You see, like on one is set hit, right? Set hut, set hut. Like, like what it ends up sounding like. So I'm going to give a big and then three, right? So I'm going to give a, a double mm. so that so that I'm goosing you on the first. So I'm goosing you on set or on the second hut, and we're off and running. Oh, yeah. Because it's mm. like it's like drag racing. I'm hitting. The, I'm smashing that pedal on the yellow. You yeah. can't wait for green, no. Mike. You no. wait for green, you're already late. Yeah. The uh, California Highway Patrol is wondering why <laughs> there's a certain section of 405 that are getting all these rage, road rage calls right now. Uh, all right, Joel. <laughs> Great stuff. Great stuff, my man. Thank you. Appreciate you it. You got it. Later, boys. All right, there he goes. Joel Clad, presented by Audi Flatirons. Hello, this is Ryan Watson, Vice President and General Manager of Audi Flatirons and Audi Boulder Service. When was the last time a dealership delivered the experience you were looking for? Have you ever felt that buying a car was solely about making the sale? It should be about the relationship, beginning with your commitment to do business with us and continuing through the years to follow. Our team is dedicated to exceeding your expectations from the first mile to the last. Come see us in person or visit us online at AudiFlatirons.com or AudiBoulderService.com.